0: We started a a series last week, a message series called What Now? We're kind of going through, hey, I don't know if you've noticed, but 2020 has been a little chaotic. And so we're trying to think through, okay, what do we do now? We're sort of in it, and now things are, now we're entering election season, which also is chaotic. So there's a lot of chaos. And my prayer for us today is that we take this hour and kind of forget about out there. And let's think about, in here and let's think about honestly I want us to think about us a little bit Um, I like Antique Roadshow does anybody watch that you ever watch that okay if you don't know the premise of this it's on public television and the Antique Roadshow is basically where people bring items from their homes that they uh, think are valuable sometimes they're old things that they or you know were gifted or they inherited and they bring them in and they talk to an appraiser about what they're worth And so, several years ago, Miriam and I were watching the Antique Road Show, and I just want to show you a clip of this one particular guy who brought in a watch to have an expert appraise it. And then we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit. This
1: watch uh, was handed down from my great-grandfather. He was the owner of the St. Paul Pioneer Press and Dispatch back in 1914 when he received this watch and it was handed down from him to my father, and then he gave it to me. It's manufactured by the Patek Philippe company of Geneva, Switzerland. This is a photocopy of the original warranty depicting some of the complications of this watch. The front of the watch has the hour and minute hand and the second hand. Mm -hmm. It also has a split chronograph, so you can time two things. It also has a minute register for the chronograph. Off to the side is a slide for chiming the watch. It's called a minute repeater, where you lift up the slide and it'll chime the time to the minute. Okay. When we flip the watch over, you have the day, the date, and the month, along with the moon phase. It's also a perpetual calendar, which adjusts for leap year. It's a very complicated watch Mm. in excellent, excellent condition with the original box. It also has two extra mainsprings and an extra crystal underneath. Okay. It has the original crystals and original 18 karat gold engine turn case. Have you had any appraisals? I had an appraisal done probably 15 years ago. They told me at that time it was probably worth about $6,000. They were a little low. Were (laughs) they? Yes. Patek Philippe is now purchasing those watches for their museum. This watch at auction, I suspect, would bring close to a quarter million dollars. No. Yes. Quarter million? This is one incredible watch. (laughs) I've never held a watch like this in my hand. What? You're kidding. That is one incredible watch. It can't be. (laughs) Yes. No way. That is an incredible watch. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's the finest watch I've ever held in my hand. Are you serious? I've never seen anything like oh it other my than gosh. photos. How do I get it home? <laughs> Carefully. Do not drop it. Oh, that is unbelievable. Keep it in a safe deposit well, box. Well, that's where I have had it all Good. this time, but I Oh my gosh, that is incredible.
0: After we watched this, I remembered that my grandfather had a watch that he had given to my dad, who I had, so now I have this watch, and it's in my nightstand, and I'm thinking, oh, uh, so I ran up the stairs, I rifled through my nightstand. there it is now it wasn't in a fancy box like that, it was in a a nice kind of velvet pouch I'm like man you don't put you know you don't put junky stuff in a velvet pouch. this has got to be worth something and so I got my computer out and i I, I kind of it wasn't uh, Paddock Philippe, it was Sears and Roebuck, and so uh, not quite the same uh, standard. And so uh, let's just say we're not retiring early, but we did have a good meal at Taco Bell. Uh, so, um, well, the, the antique road show is funny to me because people, there are two things that happen a lot of times. People will bring something in, you'll bring something in, and they think it's really, really valuable. This is always funny to me. They think it's valuable. And they'll show it, and they're very proud of it, and then the the expert will say, this is worth $7.50. And you know, their their face kind of sinks, but uh, I love these expressions, when you have something that you think is kind of valuable, but then it's really, really valuable. The ones that are funny to me are the ones who have something really valuable, and they say something like, I'll never sell it. Seriously, man? I mean, that pot that your aunt Nana gave you is worth $5,000, you're not going to sell it? So... Uh, for me, I would be sitting on the beach in Aruba thinking of Aunt Nana, but I would be selling that thing. Now, today we're going to talk about how intricately and wonderfully made you are. About, it's about you. A lot of times we generalize Christianity, that Jesus died for us. And that's true. He did die for everyone. For God so loved the world. And so we, we think in big general terms. But today I want you to think about you. What did God do for you? And how did he design you. So we're going to look at this text in the 139th Psalm. It talks about how God intricately made, and David writes it about himself, but it certainly is applicable to how God created us. And we're going to kind of break this down just a little bit and talk about how the Lord has created us in a in a powerful way. So today's message is how to embrace your divine design. Look at this text. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. It's this marvelous text that talks about the fact that God created us to love us. Now, a lot of people have difficulty with this. Maybe you in your life have been told that you're no good or you're not going to amount to anything or that you're lazy and you get this negative idea of who you are from those outside of you. And in this series, we're going to talk about how to think differently about certain things. And today, if you've been thinking negatively of yourself, if you've gotten the input from others that say you're not valuable, you're not worthy, then we are going to change the way we think. Because our sort of go-to verse this series is, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The pattern of this world is to beat you down, to put you down. And so today we're going to do what we can to help you think differently. I heard about a dad and he was a little frustrated with his son. His son was spending copious hours playing video games up in his room and he kind of got annoyed with it. And so he uh, was talking to his son one day and he said, Son, do you realize that Abraham Lincoln, when he was your age, was studying law books at, to the, uh, at night in candlelight? And the boy said, well, Daddy, do you realize that when Abraham Lincoln was your age, he was president? Uh, So, you know, uh, it's not about comparing ourselves to anybody else. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what God thinks about you and what you need to understand about yourself. Number one, uh, you're amazingly intricately made. Let's review just for a second. You made, this is David speaking to God. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so marvelous, so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Let me read to you some things about your body that maybe you didn't know, because I didn't know any of these things. But let's kind of review just how intricately, uniquely you're created. The average human heart pumps 2,000 gallons of blood a day. 2,000 gallons. That's 55 million gallons in a lifetime. You have blood vessels that run through your body that stre- would stretch if you stretch them in to end about a thousand miles. Your heart only rests one-sixteenth of a second. It never sleeps. It beats 2.5 billion times an average uh, for an average lifetime. By the way, let me pause just for a second. Today is my mother's 87th birthday. 87, that's amazing, isn't it? And um, so her... Um, Her beats per lifetime would be a little more than 2.5 billion. Uh, Each one of us has 200 bones in our body. Every joint is tightly enclosed, uh, moving in a constant bath of oil. When we're born, we have about 350 bones, some of them fused together. The human eye is the most complex organ uh, in your body apart from your brain. It processes 36,000 bits of information an hour. That is just incredible. Under perfect circumstances, with good vision, a person can see a candlelight 14 miles away. This is what God has done and who He has created us to be. The foot has 26 bones, 19 muscles, 107 ligaments. It also has um, sense receptors on the bottom that tell you what you're walking on. Have you ever thought about it? I don't think I'd ever thought about it before. So when you're walking, your foot senses that you're walking on rocks, or you're walking on sand, or you're walking on ice. It sends that signal to your brain, and your brain adjusts. Today we have cars that adjust to different circumstances, and it has traction control and that sort of thing. Uh, Your foot's been doing that, the the human foot's been doing that forever. In a lifetime, you'll walk an estimated 100,000 miles, unless you go to Disney World, and then it's 200,000 miles. When you sleep... You grow a third of an inch because your uh, vertebra uh, uncompacts, and then when you stand up the next day, uh, it goes back to compacting. The stomach's digestive acids are strong enough to dissolve zinc, which is amazing. Now, you'd think to yourself, well, why doesn't it eat up the stomach? That's a, good, that's a good thought and a really good question. The reason it doesn't is because your stomach lining is reproducing itself every three to four days. Inside the womb, when a child is inside the womb... It recognizes noises and can respond to them. Babies have been seen during ultrasound technology, through ultrasound technology, to be to respond to the tinkling of a bell or even to light. A, a child understands and, and knows uh, his or her mother's voice, and will respond to the mother uh, as soon as birth, uh, more than anyone else. The mother is the go-to person for a child. Do you realize you have 9,000 taste buds on the surface of your tongue, in the throat, and on the roof of your mouth? If you are thankful for nothing else today, you should be thankful that you have 9,000 taste buds. God created you to enjoy um, chocolate chip cookies, but not cheese. Um, The largest organ in the body is the skin. In an adult man, uh, it covers about 20 square feet, which is kind of amazing. It's constantly flaking away. Um, And that's why you can call people flakes and really not be uh, offensive. Uh, In a lifetime, uh, you'll lose around 40 pounds of skin, which is amazing. I read a story about uh, a a teacher named Mrs. Johnson. She was a fourth grade teacher and she gave a test. And on the test, she said, name one of the major functions of the skin. And one of her kids wrote, to keep people who look at you from throwing up. And so uh, I guess that's true. You really are wonderfully, uniquely, intricately made. Um, When we look at the 139th Psalm and we read it, we see that God has designed you in an amazing way. Sometimes we forget that and when we're told we're just a random something or other or we weren't planned or all that kind of stuff, sometimes we, we don't fully appreciate what God has done and how intricately made we are. You know, when you're young, you don't think about all the stuff that Everything works, nothing hurts. You know, When you get my age, uh, things stop working and everything hurts. And so you, you kind of think back to, man, I remember when I was young and I didn't appreciate that I could jump high and run fast. But look, we are created uniquely, intricately by a loving God because He wants to love us. That's really important to understand. The second thing we note is you're designed by a master craftsman. That really incredible watch has nothing on you. Can you imagine the craftsmanship it took? And Did they say 1914? I can't remember when that watch was made. But back in the early 1900s when that watch was made, somebody had the technology or had the wisdom to figure out how to make a calendar, how to make a watch that would account for leap year. To me, that's remarkable. I understand technology today has changed and it would, wouldn't be that big a deal. But back then, when it was mechanical, that, that is Unbelievable. Well, understand something. That watch has nothing on you. The Bible tells us that we are God's masterpiece. And for you to be a masterpiece, that means you were created by a master. You're God's creation. Um, sometimes we, we want to you know, kick ourselves to the curb because we don't feel good about ourselves. But you are a masterpiece of God. And God created us in a way... He, he, he created us and constructed us in the exact way He wanted to create and construct us. Sometimes we don't like the shape of our nose or uh, the, uh, how tall we are. or we, 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 There are things about ourselves that sometimes we don't like. But understand, God created you exactly the way He wanted you. Your parents may not have wanted you, but you understand something. You are no accident because God created you and designed you and planned you. You are in his uh, mind and in his heart always. Uh, it changes the way we think about things. He has this perfect blueprint. He's not some mad scientist who's pouring potions together and out you pop. This is more like uh, a, uh, an engineer designing from a blueprint the perfect uh, engine, the perfect specimen that he wanted. Unlike other cells which contain an individual's full DNA, uh, The egg and the sperm contain half the DNA. You are a perfect representation, half and half, of your uh, dad and your mom. I see that in my own girls. When my uh, kids are uh, well-mannered and obedient and high achievers, I see me in them. And when they're less remarkable, I see other influences. Again, let's review You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. When you see language like knit me together, that means God formed you personally. Handmade. Handcrafted. And what you know when you see something, when there's a sign that says handmade and handcrafted, you know that there are marks of the maker on the one who made, on the thing that's made. I see evidence of a maker when I see something that he has made. Michelangelo did this sculpture. It's called, and this is really a complex um, uh, title for this, it's called Angel Holding a Candelabra. Imagine. Uh, um, They asked him about it one time. How, how do you, you know? He takes this chunk of marble and he creates something like that. Which, by the way, is, I think, sculpting must be one of the most amazing things. That's true artistry. Painting. I mean, I get that. I think that's incredible too. But to take a stone and to somehow chisel it away, and, and Michelangelo, they ask him about this, this, uh, this statue and. And he said, this is his quote. He said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I let it out. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved it until I set it free. You see, when God looks at your life, he not only sees where you are now, but he also sees what you can become, what he's designed you to be. It's not just, this is where I am now, but God sees where, you, where He wants you to be later. And He will carve until He gets you there. Now, the carving process isn't always easy, and it's not always fun. And we go through difficult times, a lot of times, and we don't like the carving process, but we do like the end result. We're custom-made, handcrafted, one-of-a-kind. God has created you ex- um, exactly the way he wants you and he continues to work on you to get you where he wants you to be. The third thing we have to understand is your incredible value will be underestimated by some. Did you like the expression on the appraiser's face when he said, hey, have you ever had this appraised? Yeah, somebody told me $6,000. And then the smirk on his face when he said, they were a little low. I love that. That's one of my favorite parts of that. Sometimes we underestimate the value of another person, and we certainly have felt the sting of somebody undervaluing us. I read a story about a little girl. She was at her grandfather's house. She climbed up in his lap and she said, Granddaddy, did God make you? And he said, Honey, yes, God made me. A long time ago, God made me. And she said, Well, Granddaddy, did God make me? And he said, Yeah, honey, God did make you. It wasn't that long ago, not like me, but He did make you. And then she thought for a minute and she she said... Well, he's doing better work now than he used to. Uh, Sometimes we're undervalued. People will undervalue us. When you realize your value, it will change the way you think about yourself. It's always so disheartening for me when I see uh, things like women selling themselves into prostitution because I think you are undervaluing yourself. God has so much more design for you than that. That's not... The reason you were created. You are more than that. It's really uh, disappointing sometimes. We, if you recall, you remember Michael Jackson? He had his baby one time and, and he held the baby over the balcony and people were aghast and they should be because he was he was treating something valuable as common. On the Antique Roadshow once I, I saw an episode and a guy brought in a blanket. It had been uh, woven by the Navajo Indians and and. He, he brought it in, and, and it was worth $400,000. It, was, it, was some, it wasn't intricate. It was just because who made it and when it was made. And he said, I'll never forget, he said, well, we just had that laying on the back of a chair. Treating something incredibly valuable as common is not ever what we should do. Now, there are two sides of this, honestly. Sometimes we, uh, we hear... Uh, People treating us as common, and we, are, we aren't we we shouldn't see ourselves that way, but sometimes in reverse, we create, we treat other people who have different opinions than us as common as unworthy as less than we live in such a divisive time with the election coming up and all of that where's where it Everything is divisive. And people will say, we've never lived... It's, we went through a civil war here in this country. It's been divisive before. But nothing new is under the sun. Yes, it is really divisive. It's probably more... It's more known now because information is so quick. You can get it so fast. But we've been divided and we are divided now and we'll probably be divided in the future. We who are followers of Christ don't have to buy into that. C.S. Lewis was this amazing thinker, this brilliant intellect. He was also a Christian. And he writes this, It is with awe and circumspection that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another. And then he goes on, All friendships, all love, all play, all politics, there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. If someone disagrees with us, we have to be courteous enough, mindful enough, to be able to agree to disagree. It's almost as if civility has left the building and we've lost all ability to be civil. You can state an opinion and somebody else can state an opinion and you don't have to agree. It's okay. It's all right. The person that you're Talking to, the person that you're corresponding with, the person that you're debating, they're also created in the image of God. And we have to see people as image bearers of God. This is a photo of um, a piece of art. It's called The Bay. It was painted by a woman named Helen Frankenthaler. Its value, by the way, it's in the Detroit Institute of Art. It's on display there. The value is 1.5 million dollars. Anybody in here pay a million for it? If you got a bargain, half a million? Yeah, me either. I don't see the value. I really don't. But I'm not an expert. Now, what's really tragic about this particular painting on display in the Detroit Institute of Art is that there was a 12-year-old boy a few years ago who walked by and stuck his gum on the painting. Now, even you know that's crazy. This kid got in big trouble. You can imagine the trouble he got into In fact, he got suspended, he got disciplined. Um, His teacher, his principal, actually, uh, a a lady by the name of Julie Kildy said, um, even though we have given strict guidelines on proper behavior and we hold students to high standards, he's only 12 and I don't think he understood the ramifications of what he did before it happened. (laughs) Then she concludes, but he understands the severity of the situation now. When we treat people with contempt, we are saying that they aren't as valuable as we. That is never God's, a, a godly position to take. And again, while I don't see the beauty in this, the experts do. In fact, honestly, if I was driving down the road and this was on the side of the road and it said free to anybody who will take it, I wouldn't stop for it. But the experts say differently. And even though you might look at someone and not see their value, maybe you see them as a thug or you see them as, uh, uh, as trouble and they don't think like you and they don't act like you and so therefore to you they're not valuable, that doesn't change their value. Because I can't see it doesn't mean they're not valuable. It just doesn't change. In the prospect of God, as He looks at people, He sees them with incredible value. And the other side of the coin is, some of us have let people put their sticky gum on our lives and devalue us, and you don't have to do that. Pepper Rogers was the coach at UCLA a few years ago, football coach, and they were going through a horrible year, it was horrible, and everybody kind of jumped ship and nobody was his friend, and he he talks about that season, and he said, my only friend was my dog. He said, I told my wife... Every man needs at least two friends, and he said, She bought me another dog. I was like, uh, uh, We all need to see the value in people. Again, let, let's review. You saw me before I was ever born. And I love this language. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. There's so much fear and and, and angst right now. People are so nervous about life. And it's as if we don't believe this. As if God hasn't ordained and recorded every day of our life. And every moment is in His plan. You are so valuable that He has taken note to know every detail of your life. In other parts of Scripture, it says He knows, He has counted the very hairs on our head. That is how intimately He knows us. He knows everything about about us because we are so valuable. Now, I know you're valuable because of the price that was paid. Look at what it says in Romans. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In my mind, it's as if something has sat in an attic and it's dirtied and it's dingy and it's patinaed and all that stuff, but a true true expert can see through the dirt and the grime, and the mess, and see the value. And your life might be dirtied, and soiled, and patinaed, and you might not be where you want to be, and you might have done some things that you shouldn't have done, and you know it. And that doesn't change the value inside. That while we were still sinners, even though we didn't look too good on the outside, even though we were a mess, Christ died for us. He paid the price. He paid up for us because we're worth it. Which brings me to the fourth point. Your credible value is derived from what your makers paid for you. My daddy used to sell cars. He was a truck driver, but on the side, his kind of side hustle was dealing cars a little bit And people would come and they would negotiate. And I heard a thousand negotiations between my dad and somebody trying to buy a car. And somebody would say to him, "Uh, Lawrence, it's worth this. And daddy would say, nope, it's worth what people will pay for it. It's only what's worth what somebody will pay for it. You know what you're worth? The Bible tells us that the Lord paid a high price. Christ died for us. Let's go back to our video just for a second. I'm going to show you the end of this. That was in 2004. Later, they sort of review, hey, what what happened since? What's always kind of like? It's like, okay, where are we now in in regard to this particular item? And so you're going to see the same appraiser in this next video talking about, hey, this is the watch I saw. Let's talk about where it is now. Let's watch this.
1: When I first opened the box to look at the paddock fleet, um, it's a good thing I was sitting down because my knees started to get weak and I started to shake a little bit. This watch uh, was handed down from my great-grandfather. He was the owner of the St. Paul Pioneer Press and Dispatch back in 1914 when he received this watch. It's manufactured by the Patek Philippe company of Geneva, Switzerland. This is a photocopy of the original warranty depicting some of the complications of this watch. The front of the watch has the hour and minute hand and the second hand. Mm-hmm. It also has a split chronograph, so you can time two things. It also has a minute register for the chronograph. When we flip the watch over, you have the day, the date, and the month, along with the moon phase. It's also a perpetual calendar, which adjusts for leap year. There. It's a very complicated watch, mm. in excellent, excellent condition. This watch at auction, I suspect, would bring close to a quarter million dollars. No. Yes. quarter million? This is one incredible watch. <laughs> I've never held a watch like this in my hand. What? You're kidding. That is one incredible watch. It can't be. <laughs> yes. No way. What? That is an incredible watch. Oh, I can't believe it until today is still the best watch I've ever held in my hands. The owner decided to sell it. We contacted Patek Philippe. They went through their archives, researching the serial number and then researching similar watches that may exist. I thought there would be a run of perhaps five watches. However, we determined that there was only one watch made. It is a unique watch made by Patek Philippe. I put him in touch with Sotheby's, and the auction took place in 2006 in Geneva, Switzerland. I appraised the watch at $250,000. Sotheby's appraised it at slightly more than that. Um, I believe everyone was surprised when it brought $1.54 million, including the buyer's premium. I'm not sure who purchased it, but I do know that it is on display in the Paddock Fleet Museum. We've sp- spoken with several other watch experts, and that watch today we estimate is worth at least 2 and possibly $3 million. It's worth what
0: somebody will pay for it. Now, it's not worth 2 or $3 million to me because I can't pay that. But we're worth a tremendous amount because of what our Maker paid for us. In Scripture it says this, Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Do you not, I'm sorry, you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price, so... You must honor God with your body. He bought us with a high price. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, that's kind of hard to believe that God loves me so much. If He loves me so much, then why did this happen? Why did I lose somebody that I love? Why is my health deteriorating? Why haven't I gotten the things that I've prayed for? Sometimes bad things happen because of consequences. We do things and there are consequences to the things that we do. Sometimes other people do things and we live with their consequences and that doesn't seem fair, but God somehow is able to work that out, even that out for our good. Life isn't fair on this earth and it's, always, it's not always as we wish it would be. But that doesn't change the fact that God loves us and He paid a high price for us. Those facts are indisputable. He loves us and He paid a high price for us. Indisputable. Now, whenever I get kind of feeling sad or I don't get my way or something doesn't go the way I want it to or whenever I kind of feel down, I'm reminded of the book of Job. If you've ever had a bad day, if you've ever had a series of bad days, you've ever had a run of a bad month, multiply that by a million and you still don't approach what happened to Job. Job in one day lost ten children to death. Ten children. In one little season, he lost not only his health, but his substantial wealth. He lost it all. And yet, even in the midst of this, he was able to say, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? We just don't know what God is doing He's wiser than us. He's smarter than us. He has a plan for our lives. And sometimes when we look in the rearview mirror of life, we look back at things that didn't happen, the job we didn't get, the date we didn't go on, something that we wanted to happen, but it didn't go the way we thought it should or wished it would. When we look in the rearview mirror and we look at life from here back to there, sometimes we look back and we say, oh, I see what God did there. Sometimes we don't. But often we do. There's a guy by the name of John Feinberg. He's a theologian who lives in Chicago. He wrote a book about how to deal with the problem of evil. And in this book, he tells a personal story about his wife, Pat. They've been married many years. Pat was diagnosed with a a disease, Huntington's disease. It deteriorates the brain, and therefore, because it deteriorates the brain, it deteriorates not only uh, mental capacity, but also physical capacity. He writes about how discouraged he was, and actually kind of annoyed with God that uh, they didn't know that. He, in fact, he kind of goes to this place where Pat's his, his wife's mother had the same disease, and come to find out, if you have this disease, your children have a 50-50 chance of getting the disease. And he sort of thinks through this process. Well, what if I hadn't married her? If I hadn't married her, then my kids wouldn't be facing this diagnosis as well. And then he reconsiders and he thinks to himself. He says, as I wrestled with the the question of why this all happened, I began to see God's love and concern for us. God kept this fact hidden because he wanted me to marry Pat, who is a wonderful wife. My life would be impoverished without her. And God wanted our three sons to be born. Each is a blessing and a treasure. But we would have missed that if we had known this diagnosis earlier. And so he withheld that information from us, he writes, not because he accidentally overlooked giving it to us or because he is uncaring. He withheld it as a sign of his great care for us. There is never a good time to receive such news But God knew that this was the exact time we needed this news. The difficulties in this life don't disprove God's love. And we have to understand that, like this verse says, we know that all things work together, even things that we don't enjoy, even things that we would hope didn't work. Perhaps the master craftsman is carving in us the person he wants us to be. And so as we close today, I just want us to think about this. I want us to see ourselves. I want you to see yourself through the eyes of your maker. Again, sometimes we generalize, for God so loved the world. But I want you to hear this today. For God so loved you, He created you as a masterpiece. You are uniquely and and wonderfully made. You have been designed by God. He has recorded every day of your life. This is about you. It makes me feel great about myself because I have a Heavenly Father who cares. And that that last video segment where it says, you know, um, uh, the watchmaker are now buying these watches back so they can put them in the museum. And I think to myself, you know, I've been purchased and someday I get to be uh, in the museum of heaven. I get to be with God forever. I get, he's going to claim me as His own for all time. And that can be you too. You're bought with a high price. You're incredibly valuable. It's something you should never, ever forget. Father, we are absolutely humbled that You love us so much, that You care about us Lord, sometimes we don't understand what you're doing, but that doesn't mean you're not in control. It just means we don't understand. The masterpiece isn't as wise as the master making it. So, Lord, today I want us to walk out of this room being reminded that we have been created by a master craftsman to do good works. That each person we come in contact with, whether we agree with them or disagree, whether we like them or not, also created by you, uniquely, wonderfully, to be loved by you. And as we interact this week, help us to be reminded of that. May we treat people well and fair and right. May we walk in the confidence that we were purchased with a high price that you love us that much. We pray it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.